0: The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to Jay Hoover about money and things like overwhelming student debt. Instead of
1: focusing on the debt, we bought a lot of knowledge. Hopefully, mm. and if you apply that and apply yourself to that, you're going to make plenty of money.
0: And that restrictive B word, budget.
1: I lo- I look at a budget more of truth. This is what's happening. And let's look at that truth. Next.
2: This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s, like you, who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times.
0: Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young adults can find connection, rest, and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. Each week we're joined by a different guest uh, detailing a part of life, what you may be going through, whether it's relationships or being far away from home. My name is Zach Jansen. I I grew up here in Middle Tennessee and I'm a recent graduate of Belmont University in Nashville. Uh, We're joined every week as we are by Father Gervon. He's a chaplain at University Catholic here in town, serving the local colleges and universities. Uh, And This week, we have a very special guest, Mr. Jay Hoover. He's an accountant at Baker Hoover Sullivan in Nashville. We're here to talk about finances, to talk about money. I think it's a very relevant topic uh, to get going for young adults these days. What they're going through in life and what their thoughts are. So, Mr. J, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, working with accounting and money, it's your passion, isn't it?
1: You know, I love what I do. I have no plans on retiring, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's
3: it's not work, it father. Right, it's okay. not yeah. work. Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of last sure I think we talk about this. We the Lord. Was like a big prize, and we were talking about. It and they, I was, I, I was at Father Ryan, and a lot of the employees was like, "Well, if I won this big prize, what are we gonna do?" And they asked me, "It's like I'm gonna be here tomorrow morning to say mass at seven
0: ten in the morning." <laughs>
3: like, what? Like so this is not my job; is
0: my vocation. So, yep, that's. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned a lot of- <laughs> That's like. <laughs> you did a personal finance talk for people in their twenties, and you brought up the lottery.
1: I was trying to figure out how do I how do I talk to young people about money? And the, 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 the first slide I put up on the screen was money equals happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody started disagreeing with that. And I said, well, have you all, has anybody played the lottery? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. You know, of you know. course. Yeah, of course. I said, well, why do you want to play the lottery? Well, be, you know, because when win a lot of money, I'd be happier. Well, okay, there you go. You think if you had more money, you would be happier. But yet you disagree with money equals happiness. Hmm. So and I went through and and, and analoged or cataloged some stories that were in the public domain about who had won the lottery and what had happened to them, you know, and, and there's a story of a guy named... William Bud Post, he'd won $16 million, and he says, I wish I never had won it. His Uh. girlfriend successfully sued him for a share of the winnings. His brother was arrested for hiring a hit man to kill him, hoping to inherit his share, and now he lives on $450 a month in food stamps. He says, I'm tired. Uh. So money is not happiness. We know that, yet we... We kind of still believe that hmm. deep down, and it's it's not true. We know it, and we've got to we got to insulate ourselves from thinking that way.
0: But it's like ingrained. You're right. It's ingrained in our heads that you, you need it you know, to provide for your family and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, with with the lottery, though, like I'm still gonna show up tomorrow for work. That's not gonna <clears throat> change my life. You saw that just from that example, like that's likely the outcome of it. Um, but I was surprised that you went on more with, with the PowerPoint, too. Yeah, like, saying, like, money isn't happiness. Uh, but saying more, I tried to retell it to my friends. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, you really inspired me when you were saying, was it your mom or your grandma, what she told you? Uh, that just blew me away. Yeah, uh,
1: one, of the, one of the first financial lessons, I guess, I learned. Uh, I asked my grandmother... Uh, and I and I, I put this in that PowerPoint, and, and yeah. it was, I think it was 1977. I was 16 years old, best I can tell. But I remember exactly what I asked her, and I remember exactly what she said. And I said, Grandma, how much money do you would you like to have? And she said, and this is the best, as co- close to a quote as possible from my memory. Of course, I wasn't taking notes at 16, but... <laughs> She she said, I would like to have just enough money to take care of all of my needs and some of my wants. And that blew me away as a 16-year-old because I thought you wanted enough money to take care of all of your wants. I mean, I never distinguished needs from wants. I mean, all my needs were met by my parents. Mm -hmm. All I had was wants. And I had, you know, we all have a lot of desires and wants. And I thought, you know, if I had enough money, I could have all of those wants yeah. satisfied. But my grandmother only wanted some of her wants satisfied. Mm. And it just, it blew me away. And, and as I got older, I realized, and now as, a, as an, a, a public accountant, and I work with a lot of different people,
0: mm.
1: some rich, some not, and, and, you know, there's no correlation between how much of their wants are satisfied and happiness. In fact, um, money brings a lot of stewardship, hmm. a lot of responsibility, a lot of, uh, you know, hassle. Hmm. Um, and, um, and not everybody, I mean, there's some people that can manage that very, very well. Uh, but but most people can't, mm. and that's not a that's not a it, it's not a, a knock on anybody. It's just that
3: money isn't what this this is not the goal of life. Mm. And I think nowadays with COVID and everything, I think a lot of people are rethinking what the priorities are. You know, I, I mean, I see that all the time. Like how how you you know. People who would spend two, three hours traveling to get to work, and they're like, it works if I work from home. You know, I have more time with my kids. It's funny, kind of a side, kind of almost joke, but, you know, I was talking to somebody in the diocese, and the person says... Parents are saying, "You are going to open schools next semester. We can't handle our kids at home." <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like it was not about like can you. It was like yeah. you are open the schools next semester. <laughs> we cannot keep our kids at home. Yeah. But you know, even with this, like quality time with the kids, quality mm-hmm. time with the family. I live with um, four priests in a seminary, and I mean, it was so cool during COVID. We actually had breakfast every day together. You know, we had dinner every night together. You know, we were cooking. So it's like, this is kind of cool. You know, like now that you know church open, everything we not there yet anymore. You know, so but it's like this is really cool to really quality time hmm. to stay and realize what is important for our lives and what is not.
0: That's why I was wondering like what your thoughts are on the needs and the wants. But that's what it is at the end of the day. Is like. How you spend your time, how the hours go by—not necessarily like purchasing, but like in-
3: yeah, yeah, and, yeah—and you know, Black Friday. I had a crazy idea of <laughs> Black Friday. I went to Walmart one time. Just to, I, I wasn't—I wasn't buying anything, but I was like, that is craziness. You know, people were fighting for a towel, dollar towel. That was not even on sale, huh. but just because it was, you know, Black Friday, they had that idea, and then I was like. And I think to myself, there is nothing that I want that would put myself in a Walmart fighting with people to get that kind of stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like not even need. Like, There's nothing that I want that, would, that I would put myself in that kind of situation. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Get some popcorn, go to Walmart, and just, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. You, you see all kinds of crazy people in yeah. one place at one <laughs> time. Well, and I think that
1: the Church teaches uh, consistently a message of uh, simplify your life and, and don't chase over that big screen TV and all these things. I mean, mm-hmm. the Church has a, has a history of teaching that. It's just hard to, to put that into practice. And I think that COVID, you know, forced us to put that into practice and I think that we found that, you know, we could do without some of those things, just mm. like all our parish priests have been telling us for years. Yeah. And and now, I'm sure um, that there have been strains in households because they've had to interact with one another yeah. on a basis that they haven't had to before. Um, but, you know, we we did it long enough that maybe we've gone through some of that cycle and maybe we can... We've gotten past some of that. I, I don't know. Every family is a little
3: bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, every family is different. You're going to see, you know, a little bit of everything, you know, different. But yeah, I think it, it helped us to f- rethink about what we're doing and how we're doing and mm-hmm. why we're doing. Mm hmm.
0: Jake, could you talk a little bit about what your role is? Like what, what people are coming to you with? I know you'd explained earlier about like people would come to you with, the, with these problems and these ideas, and you'd sit there and think, well, what are you coming to me for with that? I don't exactly know <laughs> what, what you're asking me. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you're referring to the, you know, I, I was trained as an accountant, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of where I started. I'm, I'm a CPA and certified public accountant. And um, and so, you know, we're, t- we're talking about debits and credits and taxes and books and that kind of thing. Mm. But, you know, eventually people started asking me questions that were uh, financial, but they weren't accounting. They were, you know, questions about, hey, you help me uh, save more money, uh, lower my taxes, make more profit or whatever. Hmm. Uh, now, what, what should I do with it? And I'm like, why are you asking me your accountant? I mean, I don't know anything about investing or insurance because you're asking me insurance questions. And so that's when uh, I think I was mentioning to you on the phone, Zach, that, that I went and started a three-year program to become a certified financial planner, a mm. CFP, um, because I felt like the client clients naturally asked me those questions because I knew so much about their financial lives. Mm. And people don't share their financial information with very many people. They, they really don't know the truth about their finances and and they are very protective of that. Um, I remember, even you don't ask your parents how much they make, do you? you just right? Don't. You don't. No, yeah. It's like an off limits kind of thing, and so uh, you don't talk to anybody about it. But they were asking me these questions, and I was totally unprepared. And really, I felt like I had three ways of, of answering them. I could wing it, and just you know, come off the cuff with an idea. Um, that's not a good answer. I could say, <laughs> go somewhere else, ask somebody else. I'm not, I'm your accountant. That's not a good answer. Uh, or I could get trained. Hmm. If, if clients wanted that, you know, from me that uh, I, I, I spent three years getting trained in that. It's, it's not a big part of what I do, but it's hmm. the most important part of what I do. You know, hmm. I think it's the, it's kind of the pinnacle of of you know when you get to the
3: cpa part it's too late right yes that's right
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, we're joined here once again by by jay hoover uh accountant out of baker hoover sullivan and father g as well talking about finances as young adults i think this is a, a big part of our lives um how we're spending our money how we're saving our money and uh, I, I thought i had on the way over here it was just i'm sure a lot of people are going through this that are either in school or out of school is is what their lives are like with with their student loans. Mm. Um, how it just is probably something that keeps them up at night all the yeah. time, almost maybe t- to cry and think, "What am I gonna do? Am I am I gonna be here ten years from now, fifteen years from now, I'm still paying this off, and it's it's affecting my lifestyle to the point where I'm down like to the very last of what I have, and it's hard to save." I don't know. What do you say to someone that's in in those shoes right now? Well,
1: uh, I think that. They incurred those student loans to get an education.
0: Yeah, so valuable.
1: And and colleges and our teachers tell us, you know, it's an investment in our future, right? And that's why it's a justification of the debt. Now, hopefully, we've studied what is truly our vocation hmm. and... I think instead of focusing on paying for that education, we really ought to focus on our careers and what, it, yeah. what, what, did we, what did we buy mm. with that debt. Instead of focusing on the debt, we bought a lot of knowledge. Hopefully we made good use of that money mm-hmm. and we learned a lot. And I'm sure most of your listeners did learn a lot. We need to apply that. Mm. And if you apply that and apply yourself to that, you're going to make plenty of money. I, you know, there's two ways of balancing a budget. Yeah, You can cut expenses or you can make more income. I've always subscribed to making more income <laughs> is easier and funner <laughs> than cutting expenses. Yes. And so, you know, just apply yourself. You know,
3: don't think about the dollar amount. Think about the payment amount. And and it's a lot of times it's hard to—because I think when people come to you is when they come to the priest. You know, like, I read it all this stuff. I'm, you know, hit uh, rock bottom. What do I do now? Let's see where you are. And, I mean, everybody
1: has, like you said, Father G, everybody's got a different situation. So no one piece of advice— is good for everybody and no one piece of advice is going to satisfy everybody so it's very individualistic um and but but where i would start is put together a budget now that is sounds like the most boring thing the most nerdy only accountant would do kind of thing (laughs) But there are so many tools today that it is so easy to do a budget. I mean, it's almost—I can, I can create—any one of your listeners, yeah. I can create a budget for you in about 30 minutes, and I can do it for each and every one of you in about 30 minutes, and we can start right now. You go to a website, and, and this is not an advertisement, but this is, this is one of the sites that has an account aggregation. It's called Mint. M-I-N-T yeah. dot com. And what you do is you connect your bank accounts, and what it will do is it'll pull in all your transactions for the last 90 days, every one of them. And so when you go to Wendy's, yeah. it knows, oh, that's dining out. When you go to Starbucks, oh, that's probably dining out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you spent money, however it is. Boy, it that's
0: up. Doesn't
1: it? It's, it's going to pull it in there for you. And in 30 minutes, it's going to give you a really good picture of, of what you spend your money on. Hmm. And then take a hard look at that. So I can do that for every one of your listeners right now. <laughs> yeah. You just have to They'd go in that. a minute. <laughs> you got to have your username and password to your bank accounts and yeah. your credit cards. You, you sync it all in there and boom, you got a budget. Yeah. And then every day after this, it's going to feed in that next day's transactions, next day's transactions. You know, really honestly, you know, what is a one, you know? Mm. And And when I did that presentation 12 years ago, you know, I think what? How do
3: I define what a need and a want is? Right? Mm.
1: Did did we all study Maslow's
3: yes. hierarchy of needs? Yes, it has changed. The basic one is internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a big screen TV. Uh, no, that's internet because then you connect to the big screen TV and then you can go from there. Yeah. Well, this
1: was uh, Maslow was pre-internet, so yep. he he just dealt with things like physiology. Uh, you know, food, shelter, water, breathing, sleep. The biggest barrier for your listeners doing that thirty-minute assessment on their budget is some of you don't want to know that.
0: No. You know, sometimes the truth. The, yeah.
1: the truth is kind of hard to to face. But hey, look nobody nobody's going to see it but you. I mean, it's not that yeah. scary. Just do it. Hmm. You'll get a good idea. And then, and then the next step comes, and the next step comes, and the next step. So,
0: mm.
1: but I think I think budget uh, might strike some of your listeners, Zach, uh, in the way of a budget is restrictive. Because I don't mean budget in the way of a diet. I mean it in the way of truth. Mm. What what is happening? I have a really good client that hired. Uh, a key employee and this key employee was always struggling with money and he was always coming to his employer, my client for help. And my client finally said, here's the help I'm going to give you. I want to hire my CPA to help you deal with your money. So he came in, his name was Bobby and I sat down and I put together his budget, not the, not the diet part, (laughs) But the truth part, I, I said, okay, so this is how much money you're paying on rent. This is how much money you're paying on utilities. This is how much your money you're paying on food. And this is how much money you make. And, hmm, it looks like you got an extra $400 a month. Where, what is going on? Where are we missing that? <laughs> He's scratching his head. And he goes, well, I, I mean, I think I got everything on there. And I do go to the store. And I buy a pack of cigarettes for myself, and I buy a pack for my wife, and I buy a pack for my son every day. And I go, okay, well, let's calculate that. What that is is $400 a month. And I go, this is the easiest job I've ever been hired to do. I have just solved your problem. (laughs) We have found the truth. Stop smoking. uh, (laughs) We found your truth. I said, this is easy. I mean, this is like, I'm like, wow. Uh. He couldn't stop smoking. You know, it's kind of sad, but that's that's an example of a budget being a truth teller. Hmm. And that's really what... That's really what I want your listeners to do if they're having concerns or having a, a greater interest on, on finances is get the truth. Look at the truth. Face the truth, you know. Hmm. Um, you can cut this out, but <laughs> okay. I, I have a crude kind of saying, and I, I, I probably ought to find another way of saying it. But it, it, it kind of rings effective to me, but maybe nobody else. But I, li- I like to say that people know the truth about their sex life. Where they, they, they will tell you the truth hmm. about their sex life. They will tell you the truth about their sex life faster than they'll tell you the truth about their money God. because they know the truth about their sex life. A lot of the pressure is keeping up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. You know, Everybody else has it. They have it. I should have it. I deserve it. You know, If it's a need for them, it's a need for me. And you don't know what kind of struggles they're having. They're not, even if they tell you, they're not, Telling you the truth,
3: right? If they... Yeah, and, and sometimes it's not like you said about the cigarette. You know, it's not that I don't know. It's just... Face it. Yeah, you know, like, okay. And then when you see, and I think with spiritual life goes the same way, you know, like, I can't pray. You're Like, yeah, I don't have time to pray. Normally, do you go to the bathroom? Kind of, you poop and you pee every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so you have time of. to
3: pray. You know, you <laughs> have to, you have time to pray as well. So it's just a matter of how am I? What are my priority is? Mm-hmm. You know, what is my priority? How I'm gonna deal with money? And I think it's a, it's a taboo. You know, mm-hmm. oh, we don't talk about this, or you know, it's, this is my you know my little secret or whatever. But. Mm help people to understand that, yeah, it's okay to seek help. I think that's the other thing. It's okay to seek help. If you got in a point that you don't know how to do it, there are people who can help you with that. Sure. Absolutely.
0: I guess, like, one more question we wanted to follow up with then is (coughs) we see, like, the maybe the the other denominations of of preachers and pastors talking about, like, the prosperity gospel, um, that, like, money will will kind of bring you happiness in a sense or that it's what you need. But then you get the other side of it, too, maybe in, in the whatever, maybe the Catholic Church, I suppose, but the poor is where you want to be and, and the, the poor in spirit. Uh, I hope I'm phrasing this question right, but wh- what are your thoughts on that and as far as, like, where are we in the midst of this? Like, is there a happy medium and like, in the prosperity of money or, or, or to find happiness in being poor? What do you think?
1: Especially in Nashville where there's so many Christians and, and open Christians, you know, you'll hear that God has blessed me. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, there's the Bible is filled with stories about about Jesus debunking the idea of because you have a disease or inflicted or whatever that, that that's God's punishment. I, I just don't think it's. I mean, Father, you're the you're the expert here, but I just don't feel like from a from a standpoint of money that that there's much biblical truth about money as a blessing is God's reward for you doing a good thing as as opposed to anything else. I think money is is a responsibility. It's a stewardship. You know, if you happen to have been born in a family that had great wealth and I mean, that doesn't make you wealthy. Yeah, that's true. Okay. But let's say you inherit great wealth. I I feel like you have a great responsibility mm. just the same as any other blessing or talent that God may give you you know from what what is what is the the scripture that for, for to who much is given much is
3: expected much is required yeah yeah and I think as we were talking about the first passage that comes to my mind is the widow that gave the smallest amount but she gave everything that she had. You know, so I think, you know, God looks that. Look at our heart. You know, it, for some people, you know, rich people, if they give a $100,000 for something. By the way, if anybody has some money come to you, you can we'll take it. You know, <laughs> always accepting donations. But it's not about how much you give. You know, it's like where is your heart when you give it? The poor widow gave the least amount of money, but she gave everything that she had. And God saw that, hmm. so it's not necessary about how much, because you know, for some people, one of the, one of the times I was, you know, the kids were doing something dumb with you know food or whatever you cat and I just said, stop it, and I said, do you realize that a bunch of people don't go out to have ice cream with their kids, so you can have that food, so don't waste it, mm-hmm. you know. So that kind of is stewardship. I think I think if we if we. And I think I love that word because if we really understand, if you live our lives as stewards of creation, I think it will change the whole thing. It will help us to understand that whatever I have, God gave me. You know, whatever God gave me, I, I can't keep it for myself. Mm-hmm. And it can be money, it can be a gift, it can be a time, it can be anything. And I have to A share. skill.
1: Yes. A, yes. a talent is God-given, and, and I have to share it. I have to give it freely.
0: I love what you said, Father, with, like, it's not about how much you give, but with how much heart. You, is that the word? I, I can't remember the phrasing exactly, but that's, that was beautiful. Um, thank you, Jay, so much for your time, for driving out here, for being with us today. Sure.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Um,
0: thank you all in our listening audience. Uh, I hope that was something special for you. I, that was a very, I think, different episode from what we normally talk about, but I think it was... It was needed, and it felt like the right time to talk about it, and uh, pleasure to have someone with, with your experience and uh, to discuss these topics. So thank you all for listening to us today. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, you can write to our email at info at wbou.org. Uh, you can tune in uh, on the radio on your dial at 100.5 FM, uh, also online at wbou. Uh, .org. Thank you all for joining us this week. Uh, thank you to our programming director, Jim Crow. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. On the next Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, performer and worship artist, P.J. Anderson. But we are here to be
2: this for the broken The voice for those unspoken
0: He'll perform for us and tell us about the things that matter most to him. We're here to be the ears for the broken. We're not there to condemn them and say, you're, you're awful because
3: you've even thought about having an abortion. Mm-hmm. We need to be loving and offer help.
0: Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU Nashville Catholic Radio.